Good day, brothers and sisters. Uh, it's the Lord's Day once again, so I'm glad that you're tuned in right now. And uh, let's pay attention to a few announcements right now. Uh, once again, we'd like to announce that all our services are suspended until further notice. Now, uh, we enjoin you, however, to watch the live stream coverage of our service every Sunday at 9 o'clock in the morning. Kindly visit our Facebook page, Living Word Christian Churches of Cebu International Incorporated. And also, you can check out our website, www.livingword.ph. And uh, we will give you uh, updates and announcements as well uh, in our website. Our sermon, by the way, can also be heard over uh, DYFR FM 98.7 FM. And uh, you, can, uh, you can hear it every Saturday and Sunday at 8 o'clock in the evening. Now, my next book, More Than Enough, is scheduled for release. Of course, there's been a delay. However, if, we, uh, if you are interested in getting a copy of it at its pre-selling price, which is only 300 pesos, you can get in touch with this number. Uh, 0931037 We also have a new Gospel Center discipleship material entitled Knowing Christ. It is only for 150 pesos. Now, we'd also like to announce that all our 2020 events uh, have been canceled due to the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, our multi-purpose hall and function rooms are closed until further notice as well. In so far as the giving channels are concerned, and this is only for Living Word members, uh, you can deposit your love offerings to the following banks, BDO, account name, LWCCCII, 001-0000060800 is our account number. And then you can also give to uh, BPI, our account name is Living Word Christian Ministries, Cebu Incorporated. The account number is 10210234818. Or you can also give to RCBC. The account name is LWCCCII. And the account number is 1452005286. You may also send your love offerings and donation online go to www.livingword.ph and click the word give and there's a dialogue box that comes out of it. So now we're ready to go to God's word. So I'd like to share to you uh, one other psalm which I think is quite appropriate for these times and it will be from Psalm 37. We will be selecting some passages from this particular psalm and I will be expositing on this particular passage. I'd like to invite you in a word of prayer. Kindly join me in prayer right now. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and bless you for this blessed time you've given us, O God, so that we could once again come before you in worship. It is the Lord's day, and we thank you, Lord, that in spite of the fact that we are in our own separate homes, we can tune in to the preaching of God's word. And my prayer, O God, is that you will be where we are situated at our own homes. We pray for the blessed anointing 
and empowering of your Holy Spirit upon each one. I pray for myself once again. I am fully, totally, absolutely dependent on you. And you know, Lord, that apart from you, I can do nothing. So, Lord, I entrust myself to you that I might be a conduit, a vehicle of blessing to your people today. So I trust in the empowering of your Holy Spirit. Let this all be done for the glory of your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Once again, as I mentioned to you, we're going to expound on Psalm 137. I'm sorry, Psalm 37 rather. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to divide this into two parts. So we're going to have part one today. And the following Sunday, we're going to have part two. Now, the title of this sermon is Now What? Now, in view of the COVID crisis that we are now going through, I believe there are two very strong emotions that are going through our system. And I think one emotion would be anger. The other emotion would probably be anxiety. When you go to the book of Psalms, by the way, this was written by David, what you will discover is that these were the two emotions that David had. He had anger as well as anxiety during a period of time. Now, what is quite interesting is that this psalm, by the way, this is a wisdom psalm, which was written by David. It was not addressed to God, but rather this wisdom psalm is addressed to people. And I think that what David is trying to do here is from the lessons that he had learned through experience, he is now sharing it to his fellow Jews. And so there is so much to learn from this particular psalm. Now, our study today would be divided into two parts. The first part, I'm going to talk about anxiety and anger points that David uh, brings out here in this particular psalm. And then, secondly, we're going to talk about the solution to our anxiety and anger points. So allow me to dive in right now into our study, and let's talk about anxiety and anger points. Now, one of the things I'd like you to note when you are studying the book of Psalms is that you need to listen. You need to listen to the emotional tone of the psalmist. Why? Because it somehow tells us the inner state of the psalmist. And I think what you and I will discover in this particular passage is that there was an inner struggle that was going through in the mind and in the heart of David. And I think that in the light of COVID-19, I think this, there is a very apparent inner struggle that you and I have as well. As I mentioned to you, those emotions could be that of anger. It could also be that of anxiety. And so I'd like to dive into our text and I'd like to share, first of all, the first anxiety and anger point. Now, one anxiety point that the Israelites had was, uh, it had to do actually with the age-old question. Why do the wicked prosper while the godly painfully struggle with life? Once again, the question is, why do the wicked prosper while the godly painfully struggle through life? 
Actually, we find this in various verses of Scripture, and probably I'd, I'd like to give you a little homework at this time. I'd like you to take down the following verses of Scripture. Verse 1, uh, verse 7, verse 10, and also verse 35. And if you read between the lines, this is what you will actually see. Now, i just like to read one passage or one verse of Scripture from that uh, particular selection that I gave to you. It's found in Psalm 37, verse 35. And what it says here is this, I have seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a green tree in its native soil. Once again, I have seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a green tree in its native soil. So this was one of the enigmas that the psalmist David had. He was really wondering why is it that the ungodly were the ones who were actually prospering? While it seems like those who were righteous were not being prospered by the Lord. You know, in the light of COVID-19, we also find this particular situation. I actually read an article from CNN and in this article, they are talking about the danger of syndicates actually taking advantage of the COVID-19 crisis. And what they are very much afraid of is that in this particular crisis that we have, there's going to be a proliferation of human trafficking. In fact, I think even our local daily reported about this particular incident in Sunstar. And so once again, there are certain people who are actually taking advantage of this crisis situation. There are also some people who are corrupt and very oppressive people. And at this particular time, they're taking advantage of the situation to gain profit. And I feel that is rather very unfortunate. And yet right now we see that they seem to be prospering. And obviously this is one of the things that we struggle with. Perhaps you've been very faithful to the Lord. You've been very committed. You've consecrated your life to God. Yet somehow you're suffering in the light of this particular crisis that we are having. And then you're seeing all these wicked people. You're seeing these corrupt people. You're seeing these syndicates. You're seeing these people who are involved in crime. And it seems like they're prospering. And probably one of the things that gets into your mind and heart is you're angry. There is righteous indignation in your heart. You're probably angry because of this situation. Is it even possible that you're angry with God right now? It seems like God is not doing anything about the situation. And you take a look at your own life and you're very insecure because of the instability that this has brought about. You know, there's economic instability and there are a lot of people who are actually losing their jobs. And perhaps you who are watching, some of you, your jobs are actually threatened. Maybe even some of you have, have lost your jobs. And you're thinking to yourself, why is it that these things are happening? And, and you're becoming very anxious. You're becoming very angry about the situation. Now, one of the things I believe that David wanted to address this, or wanted to address in this particular situation, 
is the personal welfare and security of the people. Perhaps this was one thing that was bothering them in the light of the situation. They were wondering about their personal welfare and security. I think it's pretty obvious right now that that is exactly what you and I want to be addressed in our particular situation right now. We, we want to address the personal welfare of our own family. We're thinking about their schooling. We're thinking about provisions. We're thinking about sustenance. We're thinking about jobs. We're thinking about how do we pay rent, for example. How do we pay for uh, electric bills? How do we pay for the water bills right now? There are so many things that are going through our mind. And that is why there is an inner struggle that you and I are probably experiencing at this particular time. And once again, you are not alone in this situation. The psalmist felt this particular thing that we are experiencing right now. And I know that many who are watching and viewing this right now, you're likewise experiencing this anxiety, this worry, maybe even this anger in your heart. And so once again, this is what we find with the psalmist. And we're, we're thankful to God for the Word of God because the Word of God is able to address each and every situation that we face in life. The Bible is able to address the, the problems that you and I have. There is always an answer that we can derive out of the Scriptures. And that is why we are so very thankful for the Word of God. Because in times like this, where do we draw inspiration? In times like this, where do you and I find hope? Well, we find hope in the Word of God. And thankfully, we have the book of Psalms because the book of Psalms basically speak to us about the emotions of many of the psalmists. And, and here we find the inner state of, of their hearts. We find the struggles that they had. And they're very transparent. They're very open to God. And I would like to submit to you that this is a time for us to be transparent. This is a time for us to be open to God. This is the time for us to cry out to God. The Bible says that we need to cast our cares upon Him. And basically, the Greek word here means that we are to roll unto the Lord whatever cares, whatever anxieties we have. And why do we do that? Because God cares for us. He really cares for us. And so once again, this was uh, the anxiety and anger that the psalmist first had. I'd like now to go into the next one, the anxiety and anger point number two. Now, the Lord had given Israel the promised land. So you very well know this was part of the Abrahamic covenant. God had promised that he would give uh, Abraham a land that was flowing with milk and honey. And after 400 years of slavery in Egypt, finally, God delivered them from Egypt. And so now they were able to proceed to the land of Canaan. Of course, they had to go through the wilderness experience. And because of their disobedience to God, they spent 40 years in the wilderness. Actually, at a certain point in their travel, they were merely 11 days journey into the land of Canaan. But because of their lack of faith, because of their disobedience, 
They walked in the wilderness for 40 long years and the first generation passed away. It was the second generation who was able to conquer and enter into the land of Canaan. And as they entered into the land of Canaan, obviously the Lord had blessed them, prospered them. And there was a great time actually during the time of Joshua. It was a conquering time. And then, of course, you had uh, David and the reign of Solomon. And so these were wonderful times in the history of Israel. And yet their, their tenure and the blessing that was supposed to be upon their land was somehow threatened. And there were threats, for example, from outside. There were threats from Middle Eastern countries that wanted to invade them and wanted to get their crops, wanted to conquer them. And so they were insecure many, many times. There were the Philistines, there were the Syrians, and there were other nations as well that wanted Israel to be destroyed. There was Moab, there was Edom. And so they were threatened at that particular time. But not only that, they were also threatened by corrupt and very oppressive rulers, corrupt and very oppressive government officials. And as a result of that, it brought a lot of insecurity. Because one of the things they knew was that they had to be obedient to the covenant. If they were not obedient to the covenant that they had with God, well, the last, the last punishment would be that they would be removed from their own land. They would be exiled. And so there was this possibility that they would now be removed from the land of promise. And somehow this brought insecurity, most especially to those who were righteous. And right now, I, I know that we have the same feeling, perhaps, Probably your business uh, before this COVID-19 crisis was, was booming and you were really blessed and uh, there was a lot of profit that was coming in and you were rejoicing in the goodness of God. Or maybe you had a flourishing career. You were, uh, you were being promoted. Maybe you got a, a salary raise. But then all of a sudden, in a snap, COVID-19 happens and, and your company right now is having great problems. It's trying to stay afloat, but it can hardly stay afloat right now. And even your job right now is at risk. And so you're wondering, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my business? What's going to happen to my career? Friends, you and I can relate to that. In fact, this is not just a local uh, kind of situation. This is a global crisis. You know, there's been a prediction by the IMF that there might be a global recession. And this is something that we are all afraid of because when a global recession takes place, there will be unemployment. There will be people who will be homeless. There will be starvation. There will be famine. And so even we ourselves, we feel that threat in the same way 
that the Jews were threatened by invading armies in the same way that they were threatened by oppressive and corrupt officials, we are also being threatened at this particular time. And so once again, this might be the kind of thing that is producing anxiety and maybe even anger in our hearts. Now just try to read between the lines. Again, let me give you a homework. I'd like you to read verses 9 to 11 at home and then also verse 34. Now, for our purposes today in our study, I'd like to read just two passages from there. First of all, I'd like to read Psalm 37, verse 9. This is what it says. For evil men will be cut off. And then, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Now notice here, what the psalmist was trying to do was he was looking forward. So he was looking or he was training his, his sights on a particular trajectory. Meaning to say, it was not something that the righteous were possessing at that particular time. In other words, you know, they were not possessing it, at least in its full potential. And that is why, notice, it's in the future tense. It says, for evil men will be cut off. In other words, they were still there. The evil men were still there. The corrupt people were still there. But again, uh, David is saying, they will be cut off. And then it says, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Once again, they were in the land, but as I mentioned to you, they were being threatened by invading armies. They were being threatened by evil and corrupt rulers. And so they were not able to really till the land according to its full potential, so to speak. This was something that David was saying will happen in the future. But for now, it was not yet happening. And I guess that's probably the same feeling that you and I have. We trust God. We trust the promises of the Lord. We know that God is faithful. We know that the Bible says He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will never abandon us. But you and I are now in this present crisis. And so right now, all we can do is to be forward-looking. All we can do is to hope for the best, and we know that the best is about to come for us believers in Christ. But for now, the stress is real. The anxiety is real. And we're feeling the, the pinch. We're feeling the, the economic crunch right now. And it's very, very difficult right now. We're looking at our situation. We're trying to imagine how it's going to be bright at the end of the day. But truthfully, it's a very difficult situation to think about. But here's what the psalmist David says in Psalm 37, verse 34. Wait for the Lord and keep His way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. So once again, here's the exhortation, here's the admonition that David is giving to his fellow righteous Jews. He's saying, wait for the Lord. And perhaps right now, this is, this is the only thing I can say to you, brothers and sisters. Wait for the Lord. 
Be patient. Persevere. I know it's difficult. It's been about three weeks already that we have been in this enhanced community quarantine. And our patience is being tested. Our endurance is being tested. Our perseverance is actually being tested. And David went through that, by the way. Remember that he was running away for several years from King Saul, who was hunting his life, who wanted his head on the chopping block. He even had to go to Philistine land, trying to escape from King Saul. So David knew exactly what it was to wait upon the Lord, and the Lord rewarded him. When he waited upon the Lord, the Lord delivered him. When he waited upon the Lord, the Lord vindicated him. When he waited upon the Lord, the Lord prospered him. And this is the same admonition I'd like to give to you, brothers and sisters. You need to wait upon the Lord. And then it also says, keep his way. I know some of you are tempted to, to backslide. Maybe your love towards God is growing cold in, in view of the situation that you are in. Maybe because of the doubts, your lack of faith right now in the Lord, you're doubting His promises. And there is that temptation for you now to, to backslide, to spiritually dry up, and to lose your faith in the Lord. I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, just like what David said, you need to keep His way. You need to be obedient. You need to stay the course. You need to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because your labor, as the Bible says, is not in vain. And the promise of the Lord here to David was, he will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. You see, insofar as the land of Canaan was concerned, it was a promise that God had given to Abraham. By the way, it is an unconditional covenant. God gave this land not because Abraham was righteous. God gave this land to, to Abraham not because uh, he, he merited this blessing from God. This was an unconditional covenant. You know, one of the things that we are so blessed with is the fact that the Bible says we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Now, we do not have a, a physical land of Canaan, so to speak, a physical land that we can till and cultivate and, and live and dwell. No, our, our Canaan is a spiritual one. The Bible says we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. And right now is, is the opportunity for us to experience what the kingdom of God is all about. And what is the kingdom of God all about? Romans 14, 17 says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. And so while we may not have this, this land that Israel had that was given to them, well, we have a kingdom, an unshakable kingdom. And in this unshakable kingdom, dear brothers and sisters, we can experience the righteousness of God. We can experience the joy of God. Yes, I'm telling you, we can experience joy in the midst of this difficulty. And yes, peace, the Bible says. 
Bible says that he will give us a peace that the world cannot understand. We are given the promise in Philippians that this peace shall garrison our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful inheritance we have, brothers and sisters. It's an inheritance that is not tangible to the human eye. It is not an inheritance that is visible to us. But it is an inheritance, friends, that is within our hearts. And so we are thankful to God for that. Put your trust in the Lord. Seek His face. Wait upon Him. Now let's go to the third point, anxiety and anger point number three. Now against this particular backdrop that uh, David was talking about, one of the things that was probably in his mind or maybe in the hearts of his fellow Jews was that it seemed like God was an idle spectator. It seemed like God was an idle spectator. And you can sense the temptation on the part of the Israelites to be angry with God. Why? Because they were probably thinking, Lord, why aren't you doing anything? People are suffering. People are, are losing their jobs. People are becoming hungry. Lord, why aren't you doing anything about this situation? Maybe you have some family members who are fighting for their lives because of COVID-19 and maybe in, they're in the hospital, maybe they're intubated, maybe they're, they have this difficulty of, of breathing and you can't even be with them at this particular time. You can't even comfort them. And they're there alone, suffering by themselves. And you're probably wondering, how, how can I possibly even comfort my, my relative, my, my father, my mother, or my, my children? And then all of a sudden, you're probably experiencing cough. Or maybe you're having this sore throat yourself. And you're probably thinking, Lord, where, where are you in all of this? Are you going to take us home? And maybe that is one of the things that is producing anxiety and maybe even anger in your heart. And you know, I'd like once again to give you a homework. Kindly read verses 7, 8, and, and what you need to do. Remember what I told you. You need to get into the emotion of the psalmist. Get into the emotion of the psalmist. That is why when you get into the emotion of the psalmist, you will be able to read between the lines. You will, you will discover the inner struggle that they were having. Now, allow me to just read verse 7 here. And again, try to read between the lines. It says here, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently. Wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. It leads only to evil. Now, the word fret is quite interesting here, by the way. It comes from the Hebrew word chara, which speaks of growing warm or blazing up. This is really talking about anger. 
So what we see here is that the psalmist was not only worried, he was not only anxious, he was not only envious, he was really angry deep down inside. And maybe he was even angry with God. And, and David could relate to this, and that is why he was instructing the fellow Jews to be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Once again, this is something that I don't think I can overstate at all. We really need to be able to wait upon the Lord. And it might be a long wait. You know, the Prime Minister of uh, Singapore, I was listening to his speech, and he was saying that they feel that Singapore, with, with its very sophisticated, sophisticated health system, might be able to eradicate this in, in about one year's time. Now, that's a long time, isn't it? In so far as the United Kingdom is concerned, they're targeting to eradicate this thing by six months. And I think that's being a little bit optimistic because right now, Britain is being hit very, very hard. Of course, you know what's happening in the United States. Right now, they have the highest number of coronaviruses. And by the way, in New York City, it's not just the old who are dying. You know, the sad thing that I find here is that there are a lot of young people who think that they are invincible. But do you know that in New York City right now, many of those who are dying are actually 40 below, ages 40 and below. So young people, those of you who are watching here right now, do not think that you are actually invincible. But going back to, to my point, if you're feeling that, that sense of anger because of this situation, God is telling you to wait patiently. You must not fret. You must not be angry. In fact, in verse 8, it says, Refrain from anger and turn away from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. Now, I understand righteous indignation. Jesus himself even, you know, expressed righteous indignation at the temple. Now, we understand that. In fact, we are even commanded in the Bible, in the book of Ephesians, be angry. And yet, there is a following passage that tells us, and yet do not sin. So yes, there is a place for righteous indignation, most especially when you see corrupt people, when you see syndicates prospering. There could be righteous indignation right now. And maybe you're complaining to God, Lord, why are they prospering? But I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, that we cannot let that anger, even that righteous anger, to fester and to linger on. Why? Because it says it leads only to evil. You know, when you're angry, there is a possibility you, you will make some sinful choices. You will make some ungodly choices. And that's what we want to be able to prevent. We must not fret, the Bible says. Most especially, do not fret against God. So this is the third anxiety and anger point that, that I see here in the psalm. I'd like to go to the fourth one, anxiety and anger point number four. See, the problem here was unable to see things from God's perspective. The Israelites during the psalmist's time seemed to wrongly observe 
that all of human experience is grossly unfair. I think one of the things that people are crying out right now is unfair, unfair. We're saying that life is not fair. What is happening to us right now, it is not fair. And probably you're even thinking, why does it even have to happen to us? We're a very poor country. The Philippines is such a poor country. We have squatters uh, and, and very poor people who live in, in areas where they cannot even practice social distancing. How is that even possible? When sometimes you even have to share one bathroom. I mean, that's the situation in India as well. And so right now, you're, you're probably thinking, Lord, why does it have to happen with a country like ours? Our health system is not sophisticated. We have only a very few doctors. The ratio I heard in the Philippines is one doctor to 50,000 people, if I'm not mistaken. And the ideal situation actually is one doctor to 10,000 patients. And right now, well, as, as far as I know, there have been 12 doctors who have succumbed to COVID-19. And I'm hoping there will be no more victims. Again, that's the situation. And probably you're saying unfair, unfair. And that's why we find here, again, read between the lines of verses 1 and 7. I'd like to read verse 1. It says, verse 1, Do not fret because of evil men, or be envious of those who do wrong. All right, some of us might be feeling this way. We're fretting because, as I mentioned to you, there are evil people who are taking advantage of the situation, and we're becoming envious. We're becoming envious of them. We're saying, that's not fair. They should be punished. They should be chastised. God should strike them with lightning. Why is it that, that we who are righteous, we, are, we who are faithful to the Lord, are not experiencing His, His grace and favor at this time? Maybe to you, heaven is silent. Maybe to you, God has not been speaking. And you're bothered by that. You're deeply troubled by that. So this was one of the anxiety and anger points. I'd like to go to anxiety and anger point number five. Another source of anxiety would be the future of one's children. I mean, if you have children right now, most especially if your children are toddlers uh, or maybe they're... Uh, barely in their teens, and they have not even graduated from, from college or high school. And by the way, the, the, the school calendar is a mess right now. And so we're thinking, when will things go back to normal? When will we be able to go back to school? Some people have to postpone their graduation. And in some areas, I heard, in some parts of the world, they're asking the students to go back to square one. So if you're in grade 11, after this is done and over with, well, you will have to go back to grade 11 next year. And that's something that is really unsettling. 
So again, another source of anxiety here is the future of the children. And in here, David tries to comfort his fellow Jews. I'd like to read Psalm 37 verse 25. And this is what David says. I was young and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. There you go. The children. Then in verse 26, notice David follows this up and it says, They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be blessed. So what David is looking at here is a trajectory in the future. And he is saying, you know what, in spite of what is happening right now, there's light at the end of the tunnel. There is no such thing as a permanent storm. These things will pass. I don't know for how long, but definitely they will pass. The Spanish flu passed. The cholera outbreak passed. The Black Plague passed. And most definitely the COVID-19 will also pass. Of course, we're very much afraid that this might cause great havoc on the economy, and on the lives of so many people. The projections are there will be hundreds of thousands of people who will die. As of this time, all over the world, there are about 40,000 people who have already died. And you're not even counting those who died in their own homes. You're not even counting those who are PUIs or PUMs. We're only counting those who have died in the hospital. So the numbers might really be much more than the 40,000 that I mentioned to you. But then again, we need to look at a trajectory in the future because God will be there tomorrow. The Bible says, take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. God will take care of our children. God will be there for us. Now, having said that, again, I'd like to make mention of the fact that this is a wisdom psalm. These are general principles that we find here. We're not talking about promises. But again, the general view here that is given to us is God will provide for our children. God will take care of our children. Remember this, I know you love your children. But I'd like to assure you, if you love your children, God loves your children even more than you do. I want you to think about that. In Matthew 6, God says that, that Jesus says that he takes care of the birds in the air. He takes care of the lilies of the field. And our Heavenly Father knows exactly what we need. So let's take comfort in that. Now, also in Psalm 37, verse 37, it says, Consider the blameless, observe the upright. There is a future. There's the trajectory. There's the trajectory there, the word future. There is a future for the man of peace. There is a future for the man of peace. So friends, instead of being tempted to backslide, this is the time for us to be faithful to God. This is the time for us to renew our love towards God. Maybe we have lost our first love. And maybe that's the reason why God is grabbing our attention. 
And we need to be able to really seek the face of God right now, not tomorrow, but right now. So you may be asking me, what then is the solution? If I'm angry or if I'm anxious right now and these are very strong emotions that I have right now, what am I going to do? Well, in Psalm 37, we find also the solution to our anxiety and anger. I'd like to touch one part because I'll be doing the next part in the next sermon next Sunday. I'd like to talk about the things we ought to change. Now, I know that when we look at institutions, government institutions, for example, health institutions, we want changes to take place. And definitely, these are things that we should clamor for. These are things that we should desire. But even as we desire our institutions to improve and to do the right thing, to do the righteous thing, I would like to submit to you that the focus should also be upon ourselves. Oftentimes, we're training our sights on institutions. But I want to remind you, we need to train our sights as well inside our hearts. There are certain things that ought to change. And I'd like to go back to Psalm 37 verse 1. It says, Do not fret because of evil men, or be envious of those who do wrong. Do not fret. So the solution here is internal. Let us change our attitude. That's basically what David is saying. Let's change our attitude. Let us remove ourselves from the anxieties and anger that we have because of our comparison with those who are wicked. What we need to be able to do, and by the way, the opposite of anxiety is calmness. It's a rested life. And this is exactly what, what Jesus was talking about. When you enter into salvation, you enter into a rested life. And this is what God has given to us, a rested life. Even the book of Hebrews talks about this rested life. And in this rested life, we're not just talking about life eternal. Remember, we possess the very life of God within us because of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And because we possess the very life of God in us, let us remind ourselves that there is power within us. And this is exactly the reason why in the book of Ephesians, Paul was, was praying to God that the eyes of the Ephesians would be open, that they might understand the power that was at work in their inner man. And that's something that we can, we can draw strength from. This is the rested life that Jesus was talking about. A rested life based on the power of God. A rested life based on the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. That is what you and I have. So let us remove our minds from, from anxiety and anger. That's the first thing. The second is, let me read uh, Psalm 37 verse 2, it says, For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. So here's the second thing. Let us change our perspective. You see, when you and I are in panic, it somehow causes us to have a skewed perspective of life. 
What happens is we turn mountains, we turn molehills into mountains. A very small problem becomes very huge and very big in our minds and our hearts. We no longer see God. God has been obliterated because of the huge and humongous problems that we are focusing on. And what the psalmist is trying to say here is we need to change our perspective. And the psalmist says, in terms of the wicked, they will soon wither, they will soon fade away. In other words, what was the psalmist doing here? He was talking about the end in sight. You know, here's the thing. Some of us are complaining God's narrative isn't done yet. Our problem is we're grumbling and complaining the narrative isn't done yet, brothers and sisters. And that's why let's allow God to finish the story. Let's allow God to finish this narrative because there is an ending. You know, in our uh, table talk last Wednesday, I talked about Joseph. Some of us think that he only suffered for 13 years beginning during his teenage years. But in, if you could refer back to the table talk, the third table talk, you will understand that for 30 long years, not just 13 years, not only one, three years, but for 30 years, Joseph only knew a life of suffering. But guess what? In the end, he becomes the prime minister of Egypt. God had the plan. God was molding and shaping his character. Could it be, brothers and sisters, that God is molding and shaping your character right now? Submit yourself to God. He has a plan. Let us view things with the end in sight. Now here's the third solution. Let us change our mindset from that of panic to that of faith. Let me say it once again. Let us change our mindset from that of panic to that of faith. And you see here a very wonderful verse of scripture in Psalm 37, verse 3. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. You see, David changed his mindset. When he was in a situation that caused anxiety, he changed his mindset from that of panic to that of faith. That's why this is something we need to be able to do. And by the way, faith cannot come to you unless you meditate on the Word of God. Remember, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Of course, that is referring to saving faith. But then again, there is an application when it comes to general Christian living. If you want to have faith in your life, you need to dig deep into God's Word. So let me invite you to continue digging deep into God's Word. Let's now go to the fourth solution. And I'd like to read to you Psalm 37 verse 4. This is a wonderful, wonderful verse of Scripture, which I think is one of the highlights of this particular psalm. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. What is he trying to say here? What is David trying to say here? He is trying to say, let us change our focus. 
See, the problem with the psalmist or the problem with some of the Jews at that time was that their focus was on the crisis. Their focus was on the wicked people. Their focus was on the corrupt people. Their focus was on their circumstances, on their difficulties, their insecurity, their instability, the dangers that were lurking behind. That was their focus. And this is the reason why anger and anxiety was there. This is the reason why some of them were boiling in rage because the focus was on things. The focus was on people. What is David trying to say to us? David is trying to say, change your focus instead of focusing on circumstances. Focus on the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. And the Bible says, and He will give you the desires of your heart. See, when we delight ourselves in the Lord, we know that He will take care of us. Again, that's a principle we find it in Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first God's kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Sometimes we really try to complicate the Christian life. The Christian life is really very simple. The Christian life, if I were to summarize it, Christian living would basically be about faith and obedience. It's talking about faith and obedience. And when we're talking about faith, you're talking about focus. The focus is God. The focus is not people. The focus is not your neighbor. The focus is not your circumstances. The focus is God. Delight yourself in the Lord. Now, by the way, this delight in the Lord is a positive reaction in comparison, in comparison to jealousy. See, that was the problem that they were having, right? They were jealous. They were envious. They were insecure. But you see, this was a very positive emotion, delight. And so let us change the emotions that we have. Let us replace the anger and the anxiety. Let's replace it with delight. And what a wonderful thing to delight in the Lord. The promise of God is that at the right hand of God are pleasures forevermore. In His presence is fullness of joy. You know, one of the, the blessings in the midst of crisis is that we can actually experience overflowing joy in the midst of these difficulties. Let me just remind you about Paul. Paul was under house arrest, and yet he was the one who was continually exhorting the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. These are times I know of fear and, and worry, but this could also be precious times of delighting in the Lord of having God as our supreme and chief treasure. And I guarantee you, only Jesus can really satisfy your soul. So again, when we talk about what we are in, the long-term solution for us individually is for fundamental changes to take place in our lives. And what would be those fundamental changes, once again, we need to change, number one, our attitude. 
Number two, we need to change our perspective. Number three, we need to change our mindset. And finally, we need to change our focus. So those are the four things I'd like us to meditate on, four things that need to change. Again, change your attitude, change your perspective, change your mindset, and finally, change your focus. Now, this is a psalm that applies to the righteous. Now, you might say, define to me righteous. Well, again, basically, in the understanding of a lot of people, righteousness is for as long as you are doing more good than bad things, that's being righteous. Unfortunately, that might be a human definition of righteousness, but that is not the definition of God in so far as righteousness is concerned. See, the righteousness that God speaks about does not relate to any form of human righteousness that you and I have. Because our own human righteousness cannot possibly bring about delight or favor from God. Why? Because the standard of God is perfection. And because His standard is that of perfection, there is no human being who, are, who, are, who will be righteous in his own sight. The Bible says our righteous deeds are nothing but filthy rags in the sight of God. Now the filthy rags, by the way, in the Hebrew talks about menstrual cloths. Menstrual cloths that women used in the Old Testament whenever they had menstruation. And that is how our righteousness appears before the Lord. Now you might say, how can that be? I mean, I, I see some people who are doing good works. I see people who are philanthropists. I see people who help out those who are poor. See, the problem with that kind of thinking is that we are looking at things through our own human lens. We're not looking at things from the lens of God. You need to understand that according to the lens of God, he cannot tolerate even one iota of sin. Not a little bit of sin is tolerated in the presence of God. So if you're thinking, now you might say, if that is what you're saying, then, then who can be saved? Humanly speaking, nobody can be saved. This is the reason why we have no other option but to have the righteousness of Christ. And that righteousness, which is perfect and, and absolutely holy, that kind of a righteousness is made available to us. And how is that made available? It is made available through Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Through his sacrifice on the cross, not only does he forgive us, of our past, our present, and future sins, but He gives to us as a free gift His own perfection, His own righteousness, His own perfect obedience. It becomes ours. So that when God the Father looks at us, what He sees is not unrighteous me or unrighteous you. What He sees is righteous, perfect, holy Jesus. 
Now that's a free gift that you can receive. If you repent of your sins, if you ask for forgiveness, God will give you that gift of salvation. You don't need to work for it. You don't need to perspire for it. All you need to do is receive it. Ask for forgiveness. Ask God to change you and mold you. Surrender your life. Make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. And when you do that, when you do that, the Bible says your name gets written in the book of life. And the Bible says you will have everlasting life. Not only everlasting life, but the life of God will begin to live and dwell in you so that you will now be a different person, a changed person. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. The new has come. One of the things I believe the COVID-19 crisis is doing is it is humbling all of us. It is humbling all of us who are sinners. God is telling us, I am in charge. I'm the one who rules and reigns. I'm the one you need to bow to. And friends, that's what you need to do. If you are there in your home and you don't have a relationship with Christ or you're not sure you have a relationship with Christ, I plead with you, bow your knee. Ask God to come into your life. Ask God to forgive your sins. Ask His perfection. Ask His salvation. And He will save your soul. The Bible says, those who draw near to Him, He will in no way cast out. You can do that right now. Praying to God, asking Him. And may you do so. And so today, uh, I thank God for this blessed opportunity once again to come to you uh, through Facebook. It's, it's less than ideal. But this is the forum and the media that God has allowed us to, to have. At least the Word of God is still going into your own homes. And I pray that you take seriously the Word of God. I'd like to invite you in a short word of prayer right now. Let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for today. We thank you for your grace upon us. We thank you, Lord, for your mercies. Thank you, Lord, for Psalm 37. Because through Psalm 37, we're able to find inspiration and find hope. Indeed, Lord, the Word of God is spirit and it is life. And I pray that the Word that was spoken today will not return to you null and void, but it will accomplish the very purpose by which it was sent it for. Lord, we also thank you for the opportunity to continue participating in the work of the Lord by giving, Lord, our love offerings. And we thank you for the brothers and sisters who, in spite of the difficulty of being able to participate in the work of the Lord, are still being faithful. May you find us faithful. And Lord, we pray for your blessing upon us as well, not because we're greedy, not because we want uh, the wealth of this world, but because we want to participate in the work of the kingdom. Lord, we thank you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. It's been a wonderful Sunday once again. And once again, let me just enjoin you to please like and share this particular video to as many people as possible. Kindly tag them. Kindly share it on Messenger. Kindly share it on your Facebook wall. Uh, kindly share it on Viber. 
you know, try to reach out as many people as possible. The word needs to, to go out because I believe this is really one of the things that, that God has, has designed for our situation. He wants the word out. Let the gospel be spread and do your part. Don't just listen. Don't just listen to this video. Share it to others. And hopefully there will, some people, there will be some people who will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm praying for a harvest of souls. So this is it for now, brothers and sisters. God bless you. We love you. And bye-bye. We will see you once again this coming Wednesday. Please don't forget, Table Talk, 2 p.m. That's a date for us. And then, once again, every Sunday, 9 o'clock in the morning, every Sunday. So again, please don't forget our Facebook page, Living Word Christian Churches of Cebu International Incorporated. Don't forget our website as well, www.livingword.ph. Don't forget also, we are on TV, Sky Cable Channel 54, from Monday to Saturday, at 8 p.m. And finally, we're also on radio, DYFR FM 98.7 on your dial. We are there every Saturday and Sunday at 8 o'clock in the evening. God bless you. Bye-bye.